Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And you know, I've been wondering lately, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever wondered about our connection between personal peace and world peace? You know, peace is recognized as both that innate state of being and a dynamic evolutionary process wherein constructive growth can occur. And peace gives our children hope for a better future, a better world. And it's one of humanity's most precious needs, especially in today's climate. So our guest today has been working toward peace for decades and was one of the original members who helped draft the resolution for the International Day of Peace established back in 1981. She works tirelessly behind the scenes. So hopefully today's show will be an inspiration to you as much as she is to me. Are you a peace activist? I would encourage you to make peace a priority and a passion, even if you're wondering if peace is even a practical or sustainable reality. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind, connect with your heart, and settle into your essential wholeness. As I introduce our guest, Avon Madison. She is a peace-building consultant, advisor, and mentor with over four decades experience. She works with innovative leaders, groups, and organizations on the front line, building a diverse, cooperative culture of peace. She is founder and president of Pathways to Peace, an international peace-building, educational, and consulting organization. And her life and professional experience is epic. I encourage you to go to our website, read through her bio. You will be impressed. And I I just can't wait to have this conversation. So I'm just going to get right into it and welcome Avon. Welcome to the show, Avon. Oh, Julie, it is such an honor to be included in this show. Mm. Well, it's certainly an honor to have you here, and um, I, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to whatever wants to emerge in this conversation, because the topic is so important and relevant to all of us today, and, and just exploring our own relationship with peace is just as important as looking at the world outside of ourselves. So anyway, it's such an honor to, to have you here, Avon, and I do have a traditional first question that I like to ask, and I like to kind of set our conversation into this larger meme, into this bigger perspective. So I'm going to start with our traditional first question, Avon, and ask you if you can share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? It's part of the essence of how we define peace. Um, But I will say that all things connected is the recognition of the essential unity and divinity in all life. If we understand that all life is sacred, then we understand that there is no difference 
between one human being and another except the exquisite difference that makes each of us very unique. But what we have in common is we are one humanity. And as one humanity, we are connected with all the different circles of life. And one of the expressions we use with Pathways to Peace is um, that we are building a culture of peace along all of these diverse pathways, of which there are over human beings, over 7 billion unique pathways, to build a culture, sustainable culture of peace for the Mm. benefit of all circles of life and future generations. Mm. Beautiful. I I am really really honored to bring this conversation and really help our listeners understand these pathways and, and your life work. But, but before we do that, Avon, I am so intrigued. You have been working toward peace for such a long time in your life and you've made such a great impact. And I'm wondering if you could just share a little bit of your story with our listeners and with myself today of, of how did this all start for you in your life. This is something I ordinarily don't speak about, but this is an irresistible um, conversation and this program. Hmm. This began when I was a child during World War II, and I asked the question um, when I was around three-ish, um, why is everyone fighting for peace and so many people being killed. Is there another way? But I didn't ask it in that sophisticated way. I just said, why are people killing each other for peace? Mm. And that is a question that lived very deeply with me. And when I was four, um, that became, um, I became aware that that needed to be my life's purpose. I didn't know what that meant. There's a, quite a story that goes along with that, but we won't go into that now. But it is something that has been um, igniting this a circuitous path of my life <laughs> uh, as a child, from a childhood. And um, it's probably one of the reasons that I so love mentoring young people, because when I'm asking young people especially some of the ones I've worked with from war zones and and various places around the world, and ask them the question, I honor you, what is your purpose and how may I support you? And the answer that always comes about their purpose is the answer piece. So I have a sense that this is something that is very deeply universal at the core of every human being the desire, the wish, the hope to live in peace and that that be the the way in which we learn to live with one another. Mm. I, I couldn't agree more. I really believe deeply that peace is within every living being's heart. You know, it's just a part of who we are. It's our innate um, essence. It's our wholeness. And, and so even just hearing that story of a, of a child that probably is as far from peace as most of us in the Western world can imagine is so touching. You know, it's so beautiful. Some of the most powerful stories that I've heard um, about 
peace and, and people coming to this place of, of really becoming a peace activist come from moments like that of, of like understanding this greater force that's at work within our humanity. Mm. So you as a child were touched at such a young age and then you come and begin really doing this international work. Tell us a little bit about Pathways to Peace and what else come out of that because you've done so many different things from United Nations to just like you said, talking to a child. Um, there's so many beautiful things. I'd love to learn more about Pathways to Peace. I'll be delighted, and you have been quoting, literally, or using similar words that we use, um, just to set the context for for what Pathways to Peace has been using as our um, sort of what one might say is offered definition that is always evolving of peace for the mm-hmm. last 40 years that has been actually picked up by people all over the world and um, even used at the United Nations. <clears throat> the definition is peace is both an innate essential state of being and a dynamic, transformative, evolutionary process. So if you imagine that there's a sort of like a double infinity symbol, which you'll actually see in the Pathways Peace logo, but the double infinity symbol that comes from this vertical that represents from um, from spirit into action. And then the horizontal that forms, um, comes and forms sort of like a, a, a cross, um, uh, vertical and horizontal, is the way that we render service along our very diverse pathways, while at mm-hmm. the core of it is the inspired purpose that our common purpose is peace, which is, as I said, both definitions, both our innate essential state of being and a dynamic, co-creative, transformative, evolutionary process. So I will just say, without going into the story of... um, of the origin of Pathways to Peace, but I'll just say that when I was four, um, it was very clear what my assignment was, um, that I'm, it has been uh, a very significant experience that has been um, basically guiding my life. But part of it was that um, there needed to, this is again during World War II, there needed to be um, an idea that would come to humanity that each of us is a pathway to peace and everything is a pathway to peace. And that the purpose of what humanity was emerging into, this is thank heaven for this show because I usually don't speak this way. I'm used, I usually mm-hmm. speak in very, um, very different language. But that um, in, in an evolutionary sense... Peace is the common purpose of humanity and that each of us has a responsibility as a pathway to peace to build a culture of peace that is is with all of its diverse expressions along all of these diverse pathways 
that will be come the seed of the next civilization, which is going to be where where humanity and this planet truly are living in a sustainable, dynamic peace. So that is something I usually don't speak, you know, especially in the halls of the United Nations and in refugee camps and things like that. Um, the um, founding of Pathways to Peace began when I moved from um, moved back to the United States in the mid-1970s. But meanwhile, this idea had been seeding for a very long time. Uh, and that was to bring forward this idea of Pathways to Peace, which was not yet an organization, so I called together a group of colleagues. And we had an expression, and we were the Pathways to Peace Association, and our purpose was to demonstrate that peace is practical service. And so this was practical service working on different programs or projects or conferences or whatever we were called to do on the local, national, international levels. And these were very, quite significant um, people in their own fields. And finally, in 1980, we began the incorporation process. And uh, it was finally incorporated shortly thereafter as a social profit, not-for-profit organization, but a very different kind of one that was building upon um, cooperation amongst diverse organizations, individuals, programs, etc. That was one of its purposes. The idea was to bring this idea of peace in a more practical, um, accessible way and to demonstrate that peace is a practical service and that personal and planetary peace are inseparable and that whatever we are involved with needs to be intergenerational, intercultural, and have that sense that the local and the global are inseparable and know that whatever we are doing personally and locally has an impact globally and planetarily. And we have had many programs connected with that, um, with that uh, idea and with that implemented all the way to um, what is now, was started back in 84, which is called the Culture of Peace Initiative, which was the first of its kind to ever begin to build cooperation amongst very diverse organizations, networks, groups, and programs. Mm. And how do, how do you do that? Before we dig in more, I'm really, I'm really intrigued by the Culture of Peace initiative because I'm a part of so many different organizations right now who are really trying to kind of like organize the organizations, networks and networks, and, and bring, bring people together. And I'm, you've been doing this since, since the 80s. How, how does that work? How does the Culture of Peace initiative work? Well, it, fortunately, it's been used to inspire others to, to begin their own networks in that particular way. Mm. Um, I'll just say that we began with a focus point here in San Francisco where the United Nations was founded, and we focused on a day that we helped contribute to um, 
to its prominence, which is the Inter- UN International Day of Peace, which was established in, uh, by re- unanimous resolution in 1981 as the first historic day that humanity had ever made a decision to focus on peace. And the Culture of Peace Initiative began in San Francisco, but linked with what was occurring at the United Nations because it gave an opportunity for individuals as well as very diverse organizations to know that when they were doing something on a local basis, it was also connected with something that was a major program at the United Nations. Um, this, this particular time is connected with the Sustainable Development Goals, as an example. Yeah. But it's been connected with so many different aspects, such as the International Year of Peace, the International Year of Shelter for the Homeless, all of that. And we have been working with the United Nations with that and been the only organization that, first of all, doesn't have chapters, that was building cooperation not only amongst um, non-governmental organizations, um, civil society, in other words, and with different agencies of the United Nations, and were brought into um, conversations with very significant um, people at UN headquarters, both in New York, which is the headquarters of the United Nations, and also in Geneva, but also connecting with whatever else was going on on a global basis, so that the local and global were interconnected. We've done that through different programs, uh, Culture of Peace Education Program, uh, which is also occurring at this time. Um, but the Culture of Peace Initiative has been around for a long time because it's, uh, it's unique in that Pathways to Peace is simply has been the invisible steward of it in a, in a very significant way. It belongs to all of us, and we all co-create it. Mm. And that is was the most unusual idea and very hard to grasp, but it allowed very, very different individuals, organizations, um, members of, of different governments, entire nations, um, diverse religions, I mean, everything you can imagine, scientists, business, everything, to get involved because it was something that they could find themselves as a pathway. Secondly, they knew that it was highlighting peace builders around the world that were involved in all of these diverse aspects of, of human endeavor, um, meaning peace through business, sustainable business, peace through what is now known as um, sustainable ecology, peace through restorative justice, peace through international law, human rights, peace through all of it, and began to see that they were connected to other fields and also know that they, there was a highlighting of all of these different individuals or organizations that has been an aspect of the Culture of Peace Initiative. You'll see that in the newsletter that, uh, that you will be referred to how to connect with that. It's also been in our consultancy, because Pathways Peace acts in a consulting way, and most often we don't have any donation coming back for the work that we do, but helping different organizations that are about to begin start um, and supporting them in that and giving them connections with others that are going to be able to be assisting along similar lines. And then the only caveat we ever have in anything that we do is please 
Whatever you do, have it be intergenerational, intercultural, and do something for the International Day of Peace or World Peace Day um, where we can, where everything is coming to a common focus about unity and diversity. Brilliant. Beautiful. You know, the, the piece of um, offering pathways makes it so personal for all of us. We each have our own pathway. I want to I want to go back into that in the second half of the show because I think um, we can really explore and expand on that that whole theme of how brilliant that is in and of itself. But I also really appreciate how you hold this as a collective when you mentioned kind of that transparent, invisible, invisible organization holding this that anybody can come in and out of it because it's kind of like um, with good of the whole where I work, no one owns it and everyone owns it. And when you can see yourself in that way, like I am a pathway and I have a pathway and here's our pathway, it really creates this um, welcoming, open, spacious invitation for all of us. So brilliant. I, I love that model. Well, the important part of it is, I'm so glad you do, but this is something that, again, is all about co-creation. And when we see our pathway, which is peace through conscious media, I'll put as an example, we see how that's connected to peace through conscious business. And we also see how it's connected to peace through communication, and right use of media, but also how it's connected to peace through technology and all these different aspects. So, And also peace through human rights and responsibilities, as an example. Mm. So when we begin to see the interconnectedness, not only the uniqueness of each of our pathways to peace, each of us is that, but also we see our interconnectedness to others we begin to understand that there's a larger, and the words I'm going to use now, which I usually don't use, but there's a larger purpose that we begin to see about how it really is about all of us, as we say with Pathways to Peace, acting in concert. We do make a difference in the quality of our personal and planetary lives. Mm. And when we know that we're making an extraordinary difference and we're doing that in concert with others, then we know that what we're doing is not futile, it's imperative. We get to understand that we're part of a larger group that we don't even know and personally, but we feel connected with. And we also find others that we begin to work with that ordinarily wouldn't be in our field of view and we would not ordinarily even realize that we could cooperate where each one contributes to what one can offer. Each individual gift is coming forward to do something that is above and beyond the sum of all that, um, you know, as you say, infinite possibilities are created when this happens. And what yeah. we have known over the past um, four decades of, of being part of this is seeing when they and involve themselves in a field that belongs to all, that their uniqueness does not get lost but gets enhanced. And yet 
there is a sense of contributing to the whole, and that also leads to an understanding that there is some sort of evolving plan that we're part of, and you can use different words for that, but that we're also assisting in making the quality of life, contributing to the quality of life, not only for ourselves and those in our own life, but to the quality of life in general on this planet. And it can be the most small, small detail, such as starting a recycling program in your own home and in your own community. That is a profound pathway to peace, as an example. Mm. Well, that is a great example, Avon, and, and I really appreciate um, the emphasis on on the individual personal pathway as well as the local and global pathway that they're all so interconnected and and even a recycling program in my home makes a difference to my community and the greater world at large and our our planet earth and so all these pathways like i said it's brilliant because it just opens us to this beautiful way of seeing the relevance of our our unique our unique selves within the greater whole. This is just beautiful. Avon, we need to take a quick break. We're going to do that right here. And I'm looking forward to really talking about these pathways and and really opening that up for our listeners so they can see themselves in this greater story as well. You've, You've really inspired me with that. So we're going to take a quick break. We've been here talking with Avon Madison, founder of Pathways to Peace. We'll be right back. Listening to Empower Radio, an entire radio station devoted to your personal development, expanding your conscious awareness, and empowering positive change. Meet our hosts and listen online at empowerradio.com, on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, or download the Empower Radio app for your smartphone or tablet. It's free in the App Store and it lets you listen to our shows and podcasts on demand. Empowering people, empowering change. Empower Radio, online at empowerradio.com. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray, black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Linda Ellerby. Did you know that every three minutes, another woman gets the news she has breast cancer? I got it 11 years ago, and I know how scary it can be. Everything your doctor says sounds like a foreign language. Her too new? 
oncogene, aromatase inhibitor, ductal carcinoma in situ. What do these words mean? How are you going to decide what to do if you can't even say what you have? Please listen. As soon as you get your diagnosis, go to breastcancer.org. It's a special place on the Internet where you can learn how to say all those breast cancer words and find out what they mean. At breastcancer.org, you can learn more about your particular kind of cancer and your treatment options and get all kinds of other useful information to guide you and your family through this. The first place to go the minute you find you have breast cancer, breastcancer.org. Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck for Dave 2037 so he can buy anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. What are you getting Steve 2037? Steve 2037 will be just fine. Okay, but don't expect to borrow my anti-gravity boots. Save something for the future. Put away a few bucks. Feel like a million bucks. For free ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Adding light to the world, one heart at a time. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others. And maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website, at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Also, stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I am here today with Avon Madison. She's the founder of Pathways to Peace, and you can find Avon at pathwaystopeace.org. Again, there's a plural S in there, Pathways to Peace. Org. And even this is really it's such an important and relevant conversation for our world today. And I know there are so many people who are listening who feel helpless and hopeless, like there's so much to do. I don't know where to begin. And often we find ourselves as, as leaders of, of these individual organizations and movements and different things that are happening to just say, start with yours and you gave this really beautiful example to just what is mine to do and piece through even the simplest things. So this idea of pathways is brilliant. Can you speak more as we kind of unpack this idea that we each have our own individual pathway and what that really means when we when we all feel empowered and inspired to really own and claim that pathway? There's the simplest way I know to answer, and I would love to hear your answer as well, but the idea that they asked, what is your unique gift to give in this world? And most people do, do know um, that are interviewed on your program for certain, um, like some dear friends, um, Jean Shinoda Bolin and... Barbara Marks Harder and many others, and Charles Gibbs. But there are so many who just feel forlorn, and I work with people, and we work with people all over the world who are in really crucial circumstances. And when asked and recognized that, that 
what they say matters and who they are matters and asking what is your gift to give and then being spoken and just when that is realized saying you are a pathway to peace and this is a pathway to peace you are contributing something not only personally but this has a planetary impact and this has great significance and I can speak of this because it's made a difference to people who have been examples in refugee camps or etc and it also is something that has been connected with one of the programs that we're involved with, connected with an outgrowth of the UN Commission on the Status of Women, um, which is one of the sustainable development goals, which has to do with ending um, human trafficking and the source of of human trafficking, just as an example of honoring human rights. Um, But this question, when asked of oneself and then being able to, when it arises, ask that of someone else, It's just a way of seeing and honoring that person and then holding that um, connection. It builds such a strong connection and sort of a sacred trust and leads to cooperation sometimes along lines that we've never, ever considered. The second thing is this has to do with the ways in which we identify ourselves. We have many ways in which we identify ourselves. If If we can add to that, that we are a pathway to peace, and in addition to that, know that as that, we are a peace builder. That's the field that Pathways to Peace helped to establish at the United Nations, and I'll say something briefly about that. Um, just saying that uh, there are field, fields that are known that are connected with peace, which is peace, um, peacemaking and peacekeeping, but those have to do with some, where war and conflict are already involved. And peace building involves all of us, from those who are dealing with conflict resolution or teaching art or, or in education in any way. Parenting is a very important peace building activity and a pathway to peace. But, but every, this includes most of humanity, where we are doing something in our lives, no matter what it is, and we feel helpless as if we can't make any difference with what is going on on the political, economic, et cetera, arenas. And when we understand that each of us has a unique gift, that each of us is a pathway to peace, and that we're contributing with people all over the world who are doing the same thing, but in a different way, and that we are all peace builders, and that whatever we are doing is helping to build a culture of peace that is going to be of both personal and planetary benefit, but also locally and globally, that changes our sense of hopelessness and helplessness. And I know that has for me, and I have to keep reminding myself sometimes on a daily basis with some of the things that we are, some of the crises that we are asked to respond to and some of the heartbreaking situations um, and some of the conversations that I'm involved with, um, so that is what I'm going to share. Any, what are your thoughts, Julie? Well, th- thank you. That was, it was a beautiful. It, I love the definition of peacemaking and peacekeeping versus peace building, and I think that, that is such a, a beautiful invitation for all of us to really differentiate that because that does make it be more real and practical. You, you, you know, you've talked about this practical reality and our practical service. I'm also thinking about um, even 
you know, a lot of times we we hear that when the people lead, when when we create this movement and and what have you, then governments and systems and organizations have to follow. They have to pay attention. And so often we feel almost paralyzed in the opposite direction, like my little part doesn't make a difference. So this conversation about pathways um, and, and what do I think is literally I can't agree more that when we as individuals understand our purpose, we understand um, who we are, and then literally tapping into that inherent unity that exists within, that inherent place of peace that we all carry, when we can tap into that, I think that we're guided. And even some of the smallest steps we feel like might not make a big difference, but they clearly do and have um, historically in so many different ways. So there's, there's so many beautiful stories of that. So thank you for asking that. You know, I'm, I'm also aware, Avon, I'm curious what you would think about all the different organizations. You know, we've, we've heard so much with Paul Hawkins listing thousands and thousands and thousands of all these organizations. And, and some people might think, wow, it's, it's not a coordinated effort. There's no synergy. There's, there's too many, but really when you're doing, when you're defining this peace building and pathways, we can see how all of these are like threads in the tapestry. What, what is your opinion about all the different organizations and all the different actions and activity and, and movement going on? Well, having been involved when Paul was starting what he did with that, um, that his, his prior organization, um, in the 50, it's been for me 50 years um, that I've been involved in this, the growth of, of different organizations around the world is phenomenal. When we began, there wasn't even a word called networks, as an example. Hmm. There, were, there was no internet. Um, and I will speak just briefly about a couple of lines that will answer your question, but there are at the end, I would like to speak about three ways that we know that we that we can connect with and, and know this to be true, how, how all of this is interrelated. What is occurring is that as the crises become more globally recognized because of Internet now and social media and instantaneous uh, transmission of information, we're beginning to understand how what is happening in Syria, as an example, we know within, within hours, if not minutes, what is occurring in Syria, and we feel either connected or disconnected. And the important part is to feel connected in some way of knowing that this is all part of what we're being called to action in our own way. Um, in the simplest acts that we do through our own thoughts, words, and actions are making a difference. Even that doesn't seem important, but it does. The second is that as consciousness is growing, more and more people are starting their own organizations, and they have gone from 
literally some hundreds to thousands and thousands that are now innumerable, and they are all over the world. And somehow, this is because each one is answering a particular need in the way that each one is called to do. And what this is occurring is that individuals are learning to act in concert with one another, in cooperation with one another through very different groups and have many, many more choices about how to get involved, either starting their own program network or organization or becoming involved in one that already exists. So there are so many ways to be engaged. And an example is that um, at one of the latest UN conferences, there were 9,000 people representing almost as many organizations from around the world. And, it, and this is at one of the things that is so marvelous about the United Nations is that you see the diversity of humanity and yet you know that we're all together focusing on a common purpose. Mm-hmm. And so that is one example. A second is that you will find on internationaldayofpeace.org, when you go onto that website, two things. that First of all, there's a map that you can put whatever you are doing, and it doesn't have to be for Peace Day. It can be for any day of the year because Peace Day is every day, literally. But also, you will find uh, the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And what this represents is when you go to that and see the diversity of the sustainable development goals that all nations have agreed to, and that the focus point is upon the individuals and taking action at the local basis, then you know that doing solving some of these very extensive global problems and issues is actually literally in our hands as individuals and, as, and locally. And through these diverse organizations that are now becoming connected up, through getting involved, number one, with Peace Day, because that's the one time in which they come together as a community in concert and it's become viral and become a movement, self-organizing. And the second is that you know that you are making a difference when you are acting on purpose in your own heart and that you are connecting with one another from that place and finding ways that you can do something in your own home, in your own neighborhood, in your own community, that that is as significant as attempting to solve the world monetary crisis. Mm. Amen. Wow. Those are really good examples. And I'm, I'm just thinking about um, you encouraging our listeners to do whatever feels right, what they're called to do. So, you know, I'm thinking about International Day of Peace and every day is Peace Day. I agree. And if, if someone is out there going, hmm, what could I do? I love how you direct it to the sustainability goals. There's lots of ideas there. And again, that goes back to the genius that there are pathways in toward peace. There's, there's pathways to peace here. So if we're looking at ending um, sex trafficking or we're looking at feeding starving people in Africa, they're all pathways to peace. You know, Andrew Harvey says, find what breaks your heart open 
and begin there. Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling that relevance in our conversation today, even that we just have to find what breaks our heart open and that leads us to our own personal pathway to peace. Hmm. So, so just saying that, um, International Day of Peace, what are some of your personal greatest stories and successes and, and things you've, you've seen over the 50 years? What, what, encourages, what encourages you the most when you're, when you're thinking back over the, the last 50 years of your work? What encourages me is that I'm grateful to know what my purpose is, and I'm also aware that it keeps evolving in its expression. I'm grateful to still be on the planet, (laughs) to be able to be connected in this way with all of you, all of us, and to be of service. But what inspires me most, I would say, over this 50-year trajectory is seeing from when I was a student wanting to seed this idea when I was in my 20s of working with international students from around the world to see if we could seed an International Day of Peace or what we were calling World Peace Day with the United Nations as a focal point for, um, for bringing to consciousness this idea of the significance of peace as a common purpose <clears throat> and to see not only that day being established um, which was, again, unanimous resolution. And part of the resolution says to commit to peace above all differences of any kind. And that's in the resolution. And that's every single moment that I keep thinking of that in my, you know, as I remember what it is that keeps me going, the commitment to peace above all differences of any kind. Um, Secondly, is to see how very difficult it was that the International Day of Peace, as it came to be known, I said of World Peace Day, but International Day of Peace, we simply call it Peace Day, like Earth Day, Peace Day, um, that we worked so hard with Pathways to Peace to just have not only anybody know about it, but even the UN didn't know about it, even though it had been established. And so we began the Culture Peace Initiative basically to highlight what different people were doing around the world and organizations and then give that to the Secretary General of the United Nations through our very, very dear colleague and close friend, the Assistant Secretary General, Dr. Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller, great ally. And so he assisted us in making sure that that report got, went to the Secretary General and that it was actually spread in the United Nations, but also... It was something that we hand-printed and sent by mail or fax around the world to all of those who participated so they'd know what one another was doing. Well, that continued for many years, and I'll just say that in that very first year that we did this, citizens in over 70 organizations around the world participated, this is back in 1984, in, um, in Peace Day. And also in something we inaugurated that year that goes on now with literally over millions and millions of people around the world, we inaugurated something called the Peace Wave, which is at noon in every time zone, which is simply called a minute of silence, a moment of peace. 
where we understand that personal and planetary peace are inseparable. So when you start with a minute of peace and a moment of, si- moment of, si- minute of silence, moment of peace, or the peace wave, and joining at noon, wherever you are in any time zone, and do that on a daily basis, and you realize that peace day is every day, and then when it arises that you realize that peace day is just simply a marker on which we mark our personal and planetary progress toward building a culture of peace. And on that day, commit above all differences of any kind to continuing uh, to build a culture of peace and along our own diverse pathway to peace. Then um, we continue on in the evolutionary process of all of that dynamic one. What has happened, to answer your question about the growth of organizations, Peace Day is now a movement self-organizing around the world that includes millions and millions and even we have estimated over 1.4 billion people and rising. And no one is in control. Everyone is stewarding it and, and, and finding ways to express that. And also, others are, have taken up this idea of peace building, which was established formally, finally, by the UN. And now there are all sorts of courses in peace building, and people now call themselves peace builders, and so it's absolutely wonderful. So there's a way in which, and that's why I don't call myself a founder of Pathways to Peace, as just a co-founder or a steward, is that when something significant is meant to happen, it becomes self-organizing through each one of us, and we add to literally the evolution of humanity, but we add to the movement of building a culture of peace in, our, in, our, in a significant way that we can't even understand because it's cumulative. So with the 7 billion plus people, et cetera, and all these diverse organizations, it's very heartening because when we can work from the local to the global level, including what we're calling the Sustainable Development Goals of the UN, which if you imagine all of those connect with, if you see there's a mandala and around that is the culture of peace. Um, I would say that we know that we're at the most crucial time in human history where we have to make a decision because we do have free will. And we have never seen so much being obvious about what is harmful to humanity and to the planet and what is beneficial. So in focusing our attention on the beneficial ways that we can take thought, word, and action, so to speak, and work in cooperation with one another, then we know that we're making a difference. And I will just end on this particular point. There is a remarkable, one of our UN refugees is from Syria. She's a young person who left Syria, left everything behind, to come to the United States so that she could have an education as a, as a, as a young, young person, a, a young girl. And she sacrificed so much, she can never go back to Syria. And with the executive order that came out in the United States, she was um, at risk for um, being eliminated from the United States, and it would have, really have nowhere to go. She's one of our UN representatives. She is writing a curriculum in different forms of Arabic for Iraqi, Iranian, and Syrian young people on peace and building a culture of peace. 
so that they know that they are a pathway and, and a peace builder, but she is doing it in a way that honors their cultures, which are being destroyed every moment as we speak through war. But she's giving them a sense of their cultural heritage, but also their sense of how they belong to the world at large and that they are global citizens. Mm. Ah, beautiful. Um, the work that you are inspired. There's, there's no lack of inspiration here today. I am so inspired and these stories are really beautiful. And, and I just want to really acknowledge you, Avon, for seeding this culture of peace that we're talking about. You, your work has been so important to so many of us who are continuing on in this work. So thank you. Thank you for your lifetime of stewardship and service to peace. Is there a moment to read a final quote? Yes, actually, I was just going to tell you, we have about two and a half minutes left, and I was going to ask if you had any last thing you wanted to share with our listeners. Go ahead. Well, I may have been the, the, a beneficial to, to seed some, some, but it all comes from those who've come before me. Mm. And this was written by Nicholas Rourke, who was a great philosopher and also um, a true peace builder. And this is something that inspired me that he wrote, I believe it was in the early 1900s, and inspired me as a teenager. Positive creativeness is the fundamental quality of the human spirit. Let us all welcome those who, surmounting personal difficulties, propel their spirits to the task of peace building, thus ensuring a radiant future and a culture of peace. I added the last part about a culture of peace. Mm. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Avon. This was really a delight to have you here and, and your words and your voice just emanate peace. So I appreciate having you here so much with us. Thank you so much. I bow to you, dear co-peace builder. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. What, what an honor to have you here. And, and I just want to remind our listeners, again, they can find Avon and all of her work at pathwaystopeace.org. And remember, I love this, commit to peace above all differences of any kind. Commit to peace. How beautiful is that? You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. And remember, together, we are co-creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.